Good morning. It's Saturday, April 25th. We're studying the Old and New Testament. We're reading through it and we are finally to chapter 13 of 2 Samuel. This is right after David's confrontation about uh, David, Nathan's confrontation with David about the sin of Bathsheba and the killing of Uriah and his sins are forgiven. The baby dies and then the consequences, the reaping of that sowing continue on in probably one of the most painful ways of all. And that is the insatiable lust of Amnon raping his sister Tamar. It's just a horrible scene in chapter 13 and one that just is grievous, grievous to David, of course. Chapter 14, interesting story there about Joab uh, sending that woman to plead with David about Absalom coming back into the land who'd been exiled and uh, to see that uh, situation really uh, have Absalom come back without a repentant heart and it, it brews for a while and as we'll see tomorrow it erupts uh, with a, a coup in, in, the, in the kingdom. It's an awful situation but we see that set up for in chapter 14. So 2 Samuel chapter th chapters 13 and 14 that's our Old Testament reading and then our New Testament reading is in Luke chapter 20. Uh, the first half of the chapter uh, Jesus is confronted by the leaders and they try to accuse him and they ask him a question like, but what authority to do this? Do you do this and do these things? And Jesus responds masterfully by trapping them in their cowardice by saying, listen, I got a simple question for you. Uh, by what authority did John come uh, telling you guys to be baptized and doing his ministry and his preaching? And he reveals their cowardice because they don't have the guts to say, uh, yeah, he's a heretic, right? We didn't follow him because he's a heretic. And of course, if they say he's from God, they, you know, he, they would be busted for not following and doing what John the Baptist said. So Jesus masterfully kind of undermines the critic uh, who really is a coward, which by the way, a lot of critics are cowards. Uh, matter of fact, most of the critics are cowards. They, are, they, are, they bluster behind, uh, you know, screen names and, 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 uh, usernames on the internet and uh, they sit around in their in their socks uh, taking pot shots at everyone at home late at night but the reality is the courage of David to stand in the face of his uh, accusers and Jesus now standing in the face of his accusers we see real courage on display both in 2nd Samuel and here of course with Jesus the perfect uh, uh, leader and, and, and champion of truth in the scripture. Uh, wicked tenants are discussed here they don't want uh, the um, they just don't, they want to be able to, to work on the land as though it's their own. And the parallel there in terms of our arrogance and hubris of don't want, we don't want anyone ruling over us. We don't want God's intrusion on our life. This always reminds me of Psalm 2 and the way that we like to chafe and, and rebel against God's uh, moral lordship and his leadership in our lives. And Jesus illustrates that. And then a very memorable passage about uh, the coin. They're asking about taxes. And of course, it reminds us certainly here at tax time to think about the realities of giving to Caesar what Caesar's and to God what God's. And God, of course, uh, demands us. His imprint is on us, just like uh, Caesar's imprint is on a coin. And so we recognize the totality of our life belongs to God. And certainly there are things in this world like the IRS wanting uh, our money that we, you know, we certainly are to do that, uh, to give revenue to whom revenue is due, as Romans 13 says. Uh, so interesting, a lot of good insights from our New Testament reading. Read it slowly. Interesting one another today, certainly in the midst of a lockdown and being uh, sequestered and quarantined. I want to take you to one of many passages in the scripture that say the same thing. Romans chapter 16, verse 16, 1 Corinthians 16, 20, uh, 2 Corinthians 13. 13, 12, 1 Peter 5, 14. Uh, these passages all tell us to greet one another. Here's an interesting phrase, with a holy kiss. 
And, and if you think about it, and I've taught this in our evening Bible study, but uh, we kind of like to throw this in the category of just a cultural expression of affection that was used all the time. But as one historian says, there's no, uh, he says, there's general agreement that the holy kiss had its origins in the practice which emerged in the early church among the believers themselves with an impetus coming from uh, the shape of their life with Christ himself. Nothing analogous to it can be found among the Greco-Roman societies. And, and so we know that Jesus was breaking ground by having a kind of familial expression of affection for people that were not your family. And uh, this is the kind of, of devotion and love and affection we should be having uh, for one another in the body of Christ. And it's just uh, something that I think is, is beyond culture, but it's certainly uh, in a culture, and even in this time, when we know that the constrictions upon our lives uh, don't allow the kinds of expressions that we might have normally on the patio of the church, I certainly want to encourage you to somehow give your heart that uh, uh, reminder in this morning's one another uh, to seek and purpose to express your love for people in ways that you would express it to family members, uh, even though they're not your family members, they are... Um, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ. So uh, greet one another with a holy kiss and oft repeated one another in the Bible. And I would not be complete in this list if I did not give that to you because it's repeated so often, uh, second only to, uh, to love one another in Scripture, which is an interesting thing. And this is a related word. Phileo is the word, um, at least the root of this is the word used for the verb uh, to kiss one another or the noun uh, a kiss. So anyway, Here's our one another for the day. Be sure you read your Old and New Testament and we'll be back tomorrow as we continue our reading through the Bible.